get that. I, hold on, I'm air drumming right now. Don't interrupt <laughs> me while I'm air drumming to this cool, cool intro music. Oh cool. my goodness. Like, that's legit, man. Dang, that sounds good. And we didn't just get that off a generic, you know, bring your uh, you know import free audio file to the podcast. That is a no, custom made get with the programming intro from someone that shares the last name as you. He's so cool. It's James Grundler, master's athlete extraordinaire, my brother also. And that's what he does. He's a, I mean, he's been in the music business for like 25 years now or something like that, more than that, probably close to 30. And that's what he does. He was a rock and roller and now he writes for, you know, other artists and movie and TV and commercial. And he was like, Hey, let me slide you some cool music. And <laughs> man, he set us up awesome. Man, I tell you why that that's the, that's the coolest thing we've done since starting the podcast. That's, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. So it is cool to have some custom get with the programming music to go with our first series Episode number two, analyzing the CrossFit Games. We did 2007 on our last episode, episode one, as we move into 2008. And Bill, we were talking before we jumped on here in true 2008 um, fashion, you are consuming what was a um, food sponsor of the uh, 2008 CrossFit Games. Can you hear, can you hear me crunching it right now? <laughs> that's, that's my broccoli and beef and my orange chicken because... Panda Express was a sponsor of the 2008 CrossFit Games. <laughs> That's right. You, you so, heard that right, folks. Panda I had, Express. I had to do it. I mean, I, I was coaching some classes tonight, virtually, of course, and I go right by there, and I knew we were talking about the, the 2008 Games, and, man, I just got all nostalgic on that, and I had to go get it. Well, and, and, and here we are. All right. So just to <laughs> recap, what we're trying to do here is that, you know, with Get With The Programming, we take an analytical approach to the uh, programming around the world, online qualifiers, open, sanctioned events, CrossFit games. And this series deals specifically with the CrossFit games from 2007 to 2019. And our job and our, our love and passion is to look at the programming objectively to determine whether the test was adequate when claiming you are finding the fittest on earth. We believe that 2007 did a fantastic job as simple as it may have been with just three actual events over two days of competition. Yet when we look at the definition of fitness, how CrossFit defines it using three different fitness models is we felt like it touched every single base there was. And it um, was, yeah, just the way that it was laid out. And I mean, I, and I know you and me both kind of came into that first episode with a, oh man. Okay. So we're going to see just how quote unquote immature this is and how young it is and how it's really not going to be a true test. But man, were we, were we mistaken on that one? I mean, uh, absolutely. I mean, they but pleasantly the surprised all the way down. Oh yeah, totally. But I, I didn't. I don't think. I mean, I liked that first year for what it was a lot. Uh, but the way that it was so specific on hitting all the points on the definition of fitness, you know, art the CrossFit definition of fitness. I mean, it was to a T. And all you really needed was three events to really test it all. I mean, we went down and looked at 
the 10 physical traits and the hopper model and the different modalities and boom, 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 all the way down. It just nailed them. Beautiful. And and to what Bill's talking about, what we're looking at is three testing models that CrossFit has used in their definition of fitness with their definition is work capacity across broad times and modal domains. And what that means to us is that kind of the ability to do anything and everything at any time frame with any weight at any speed, anything that can get thrown at you, which is kind of one of the models that they have. And that first model is 10 general physical skills defined by the owners of Dynamax. And that's defining that athletes have, um, Elite capacity in 10 different skills. The other is a hopper model where it's basically is anything that could possibly come out to these athletes, they should be able to compete at a very high level, if not the best out of the group that is selected. It doesn't necessarily mean they have to win every single event, but they can do anything and everything underneath the sun. And then that third one is our metabolic pathways, right? We have three pathways. We have that creatine phosphate, that burst blast that that uh, phosphagen that zero to 10 seconds of 100% power output. Second one is a glycolytic or more of an anaerobic where it's a two minute window of, of, of pretty much maximal effort. It tails off and it kind of, it drops below that. And then an oxidative aerobic standpoint and that, that line kind of slowly just goes forever, forever and ever and ever. Right? Those, and those ever. long, and ever. <laughs> Those long aerobic bouts. So what we want to see with the programming when testing for the fittest on earth is that we do hit all three of those tests within the programming itself. And 2007 did it. Nailed it. Nailed it. And it nailed it in such a way that we were actually pleasantly surprised. I don't want to say shocked, but it, it was... Um, as I think Pat Sherwood say, it was just so simple and elegant. So simple. And, and that's one of the things, the greatest thing about that being the very first year of the games is that was the whole thing with CrossFit. It was all about the simplicity, the simplicity, but still maximizing the efficiency of what it, whatever it is you're trying to do. And so they nailed it. First shot out of the gate, nailed it. And so that as we cool. move from 2007 to 2008, now comes uh, a, a little bit of expectation from kind of the CrossFit community. Like 2007 is like, hey, we're doing this. It's the CrossFit Games. It's the test for the fittest, you know, the fittest on earth in quotations. We know that their sample size was a lot smaller back then. But 2008, that ramped up in a big way. I think you had, what, in 2007, it was like 40 men and 20 women. Yeah. And now it's bumped up to over almost 120 men and, and four, 30, 36, 36 women. women. So double on the women's side, tripling on the men's side. Pretty so we, a better sample yeah. size this go around. Now we just are going to look at the programming to see if the test has improved. I think uh, when you look at 2007, you can honestly sit back and say, hey, we did a great job. Let's build off of that. Um, 2008 obviously was, uh, well, not maybe obviously to some people, but 2008 actually brought in the very first CrossFit Games documentary called Every Second Counts. Now, that only followed the men's side and followed five athletes and, you know, went to their journey leading up to the competition during the competition and the results after that. Um, 
the women didn't get their due diligence. Um, <clears throat> we'll make sure we do that and we cover all their bases here. <laughs> but one thing that's it's very important for us is that we are going to take an objective view of the programming, see how it tested the athletes, and if we feel it was a appropriate test when claiming the fittest on earth, as well as kind of give our opinions um, throughout the process of whether it was adequate or there was uh, some left to be on the table. So let's look at event number one. And event number one is a classic benchmark workout. So at first you're like, oh, fantastic. Fran. It's like Fran yeah. is 21.59 thrusters and pull-ups. However, you know, as Dave Cash would say, this is the CrossFit Games. They're going to put a little twist on Fran. And that I, I like the way they did that. I mean, they, they've done that every single time, whether it was with the open or in the, you know, when they had the old regionals or when they're doing the, the CrossFit games, it's like, you know, these movements. And even back then, all these people were all off the dot com and they all kind of rallied together. So they have done Fran a bunch of times and everyone gets very used to that. And the twist is, you know, that it's checking that adaptation. Can your body adjust? And do you have the fitness to be able to adjust to a minute change? And when you go from a regular pull-up, and granted, these guys weren't doing butterfly pull-ups really then. I mean, you know, we talked about Brent Marshall being the, the guy that invented that. We, If you watch some of the videos of the 2008 games, even 2007, Chris Spieler kind of had that little frog kick. Uh, Greg Amundsen kind of did the same type of thing, that frog kick. Um, but that three inch difference between just getting your chin over the bar and making a touch of chest murdered people, mm -hmm. especially on the women's side. I mean, if you have pull-ups, you're going to be okay. But if you, if you are sort of okay with pull-ups and then they add that on top of it, oh man, crushed people, crushed people, completely different workout. And when we're talking, uh, we were talking earlier about this event specifically, how, you know, we, when we first looked at it, we, if we look at it now, what we tell people is like, look at the test as if it was 2008, right? Chest to bar Fran is a different workout now than it was 12 years ago, especially when you look at the women's side, right? Oh, yeah. Pull-ups themselves, yeah. you know, seeing female athletes tackling pull-ups, handstand push-ups, muscle-ups. I mean, that back in 2008 was very rare. And to see <laughs> a, a female athlete tackle that and succeed was very impressive. And it was, it was somewhat unprecedented at the time until CrossFit kind of came out. She was like, no, they are strong, powerful, incredible athletes. They are out there um, and started showcasing that. But uh, throwing a chest bar pull up out there, that became the workout, I would say, for the women's side specifically, not necessarily the same as the men. Absolutely. Well, if you look in the detailed description of the event, the time cap was 12 minutes on Fran. When the hell has a long time cap for Fran? Doesn't matter. I mean, it could be a heavy Fran. You could be doing heavy Fran and there's not going to be a 12 minute time cap on it. You know, especially at the quote unquote games level, even if, you know, this is like the early days of the games, you're not going to have anything like that. But you're right. When you look on the women's side, you know, your, your fastest female to be able to do this was five minutes, five minutes. Yeah. I would say that that's a very average friend time now for a, for a, a, a good, decent CrossFit athlete. Mm -hmm. 
You know, I mean, it's nothing crazy, but back in the day, that was huge. And, you know, just to what to your point about how it was really tough for the women, if you look at like first, second, third, fourth, fifth, down to like 10th place, you're, you're looking at a variance of two and a half minutes. I mean, it's almost like 20 seconds between every single place all the way up. That's a huge difference on the women's side. You don't see it as much on the men's side, but you still do see it. Um, oh yeah, that's it, wild. It definitely, it, it definitely attacks the women for sure. I mean, you, look, first place, Linda Laper, five oh six. Fifth place, Candace Hamilton, almost a minute and a half back from first yeah. to fifth. You don't see that anymore, and so that shows no. the difficulty of the workout. Um, as we said before, on the women's side, just because of those chest to bar pull ups, but on the men's side, it's much tighter. I mean, first through tenth. 301, Chris Spieler wins Chestabar Fran at 301. The next closest guy, Josh Everett, who happens to be quite the badass. Oh, yeah. Especially in 2008. 28 seconds behind him from first to second. And that's what's so crazy is these guys, these guys, you know, and, and when we were talking about this earlier, just you know, between me and you, the it, the men don't have problem with pull-ups. That's not an issue. It's interesting that there's such a big jump between Chris and Josh in that first and second place. Because mm-hmm. when you go right after that second place to 10th place, geez, even more than that, you go up 30 oh, seconds yeah. and you jump from second place to 15th place in 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. That's a huge, I mean, that's a, that's a big <laughs> group of people. So, you know, that's, that's the race there is, do you have pull up? Because I mean, Chris is the smallest guy out there. Yeah, <laughs> and it's not like the it's not like the thrusters were hard hard on him. I mean, he got through them. They they were the you know as far as body weight goes. I mean, they're they're you know more than half of his body weight. Everyone else just smashed him, but he crushed everyone on the pull ups. I mean, this came down to the pull ups. Even on the men's side, it still came down to the pull ups. It was still a pull up workout. Oh yeah, but it definitely just it was a more of a race with maximum intensity versus can these guys navigate the pull ups? So. Right. Event number one, and, and what we use in our, our uh, analyzing is we, you know, we take a chapter out of the CrossFit Level 2 handbook. We look at this programming analysis worksheet. They have it. It's page 66. You can download it on the internet, look it up, and it keeps it very simple. We talk about checking all the boxes in terms of our modalities met, is our, um, you know, the hopper model in 2007, they had a workout that they actually just pulled out of the hopper. I think our hopper model now is the actual overall test of, of random events from event one to however many they are. I think that's where the hopper model kind of comes into play a little bit more. And then our 10 general physical skills, if we've checked all the boxes there as well. So we're looking at it and we look at the modality. We have gymnastics, we have weightlifting, it's light weightlifting. Time frame sub five. That's where the best of the best should be. That's how this workout's programmed and designed. Total repetitions right. less than 50. It's 45 total. We have uh, a couplet. It's a task, task priority, which means they were given a task and they had to do it for time. And then pull-ups and thrusters, that squat and press. And so those are the, the how we set up the rest of the weekend is, is based off this event. So very fast, very furious, very intense workout for event number one. Um, I love having the benchmark Fran out there. I think for CrossFitters, that's like their kind of staple event that they have back in there. It's like that CrossFit handshake. Um, 
It, so what's it, your bench, bro? Yeah, it's the, hey, bro, what's your bench? It's like the, yeah, it's exactly. It's the Globo Gym equivalent of what's your bench in the CrossFit world. I think we get about two sentences. Hey, how are you? Good. What's your friend time? I mean, I think that's how quickly, <laughs> that's how quickly it comes out. So chest to bar Fran, event number one, fantastic way to kick off the f- second annual CrossFit Games in 2000, um, 2008 as it stands. And then we move from event one to event two, which is five rounds for time, five deadlifts at 275 and 185, and then 10 burpees. Just good old-fashioned burpees, not laterally, not over the bar, just having a legit standard of what the burpees should look like. And legit B, standard. Uh, are you putting air quotes in over there? <laughs> I, I, I'm air quoting as you're talking. I'm air quoting, and the reason I say it is because if you were an if you're an old time an old timey CrossFitter like myself, I'll say old timey. Uh, the standard was, and they, they what's great is this was the first time. I mean, again, this is a brand new sport. Everyone's trying to figure out how to make the standards the right way, and the standard for the burpee was you had to clap, so you had to clap your hands over your head. You, your ear had to be showing in front of your arms and you had to have open hips, open legs, all that kind of stuff. And the height that you jump doesn't matter. So you just had to clear, you know, clear the ground. But there were all kinds of videos that were coming out with people that were learning and trying to figure out the loophole of how to make that faster by hitting all those points. But as they come up off the ground to jump, instead of being perpendicular to the ground they're like at a 40 their whole body is at a 45 degree angle to the ground but hands are clapping above the head you can see the ear the hips are open oh. there in a perfect line but they <laughs> never really come to full standing but they're hitting all the hitting all the points it's like well you didn't say vertical yeah, exactly exactly that's so a classic I mean, crossfitter move right there can't be a dumb jock man you gotta find a loophole classic crossfitter move <laughs> I mean, we say it all the time. You give a crossfitter an insurmountable amount of work to do. They will find the fastest, easiest, and often looped hold way to get totally. the job done. So, all right. So that's the second event. And when we look at it right off the bat, I, I see another short, intense workout that we just did. Yeah. Now, the movements yeah. are different. But, well, but, it, but it's, it's, it just seems like another fast and furious event, which, which isn't bad. It, and, you know, we, we still need to get to the end, right? We can't judge a CrossFit Games by event one and especially event two. However, there's only four <laughs> right. to go through. So 50% of our work to me seems very similar in terms of, um, I would say, at, at the very least, a metabolic pathway modality. Yeah, if you look at the times on this, I mean, you would think you look at how it's kind of set up. You're at least on the guy's side, you're under that five minute range so far for the most part. On the women's side, you're around that six and a half, seven minute range. Um, for event two, yeah, or for, Fran for the two event, or for well, for Fran and then even the the deadlift burpee one. I mean, the the men are shoot under, on the guy's side. I mean, they was super fast. Sub I mean, some three, of the three goes minutes. all the way back to sixteenth. Right, right. And on the women's side, you know, I mean, you're under five minutes, same thing, all the way up to 22nd place, 21st place. So, and, and it's interesting, it's interesting because you think on the initial that the deadlifts at 275 are like, it's heavy. Back in that day, that was pretty heavy. You know, I mean, all the weights that have come up are quote unquote normal 
now, in which people aren't even really shocked about, 275 for deadlifts. I mean, that's not even now it's not a big deal back then it was like oh, oh it's 75 it, here's how that much of not a big deal it is i was the big deal then i'm not even worried about that weight that's how not <laughs> big of a deal it is <laughs> if if deal, i everybody. am like that oh that's a big deal <laughs> i'll do that deadlift weight any day that's that's how much that's, that's how far we've come since 2008 but i i do think I, time wise i think you're right i think metabolic pathways i think you're right uh but i think the difference between those two is uh, there's a skill element to it on the, on the front. If you don't have the pull-ups, you're not going to get a good time. And okay. so all of a sudden you aren't, you aren't in that race of the speed of the event. You're just trying to get through them. And that was obviously it's more evident on the women's side than the men's side, you know, the, the deadlift burpee, I would think that the weight would be the issue, but you know, then you have, again, Chris Spieler, one of the smallest guys out there. He's, he takes fourth place in that event. Um, and that's, I mean, obviously, you know, he's going to do the burpees fast, but that weight is way heavier than him mm-hmm. compared to everybody else. You know, I mean, Matt Chan won the event and Matt only beat him by, what is that? Eight seconds. That's crazy. Yes. Yeah. Matt Chan wins at 233. Spieler ties for fourth at 241. And on the women's side, Libby DiBiase, there's a throwback name. Yeah. She won the event. Wow. Okay. So Libby DiBiase wins the event. And then here's another first to second, like gaping hole. Katie Henniger or Katie Matter at the time, who is the co-owner of Rogue Fitness, if you've heard of them, she takes second, but 30 seconds behind Libby's time. And then you have, you know, Libby was 323, Katie was 353, and then you have 54, 403, 407. So again, we see bigger jumps on the women's side than we do the men's side. Again, that, the sample that, size too is, is drastically different. The men, there's 120 guys out there. Totally. But fit, filling the in the holes. What, the difference between like the way Chris was on the Fran, the way Libby is in this one is there's something, they have a skill above and beyond the rest of the field. I mean, Katie is, Katie is strong. Mm-hmm. She's always been strong. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe it was the, maybe for her, it was the burpees and maybe kind of similar to Chris's style, very athletic, um, not real heavy. So for Libby, she's able to move the weight enough, but is able to have the quickness and the speed on the burpees to be able to, you know, to, to jump up there. I mean, same thing with like Jenny Orr. Jenny Orr is a dancer back in the day, mm-hmm. uh, like a ballerina back in the day. So you don't necessarily think that she would be a powerhouse for a heavy lift, but obviously able to move from ground to hopping up, you know, into a burpee position. So I, again, I think that if you, if you have the, uh, the, the specific skill set uh, on these, on either of these two first events, you could do really well, but generally speaking, you're right. They're, they're pretty much in that same, that same realm as far as time goes, which is important in this, in this particular year. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Let's look at the the pieces of this. So we have another couplet. Uh, we have gymnastics and weightlifting. I guess we'd say, I mean, are we going to say that's heavy? For or, what? For or the, the deadlift weight? I'm going to say, yeah. Because, okay. I mean, if you look, if you look at the... If you look at like, um, I mean, if you look at that video, uh, it looks Diane, heavy. <laughs> Diane, like the, the, the deadlifts that they would do would be 225. True. So, yeah, yeah, no, that's heavy. There. I think I was no. just looking at the numbers. 
Yeah. Okay, so we have <clears throat> so our modality gymnastics, weightlifting, weightlifting is heavy whereas the first one it was light. Another sub 5 minute event. In terms of total repetitions on this sheet, low is under 50, medium is 50 to 200. I feel like we're close enough to 50 that it's still low. I would say, yeah, I would say, because it's, it's similar to Fran. I'd say the same thing. Couple it again, like Fran. Task priority. And we have a burpee in terms of movements. And we have a deadlift on the weightlifting side. All right, so as we go through two events, 50% of the way through, two events down, two events to go, trending-wise, 50% of our, our competition so far has been very similar. Oh, yeah. The movements are yeah. different, right? We have the, and I would say we have two different modalities in terms of the crux in event one was the skill of the chest-to-bar pull-up, and then the one right. in event two was the weight or the strength the strength part in the deadlift. Whereas like your thrusters and burpees are just kind of get the work done. It's not that bad. All right. So we move to event number three, the hill run. Now we, in 2007, there was a five K ish trail run in 2008. They dropped that to just under an 800 meter hill run where it was basically straight up. And then straight back down. Oh, and when you now, when you go and watch every second you counts, have to. you have to see well, that was see the that most movie. dangerous thing I have seen anyone do at the CrossFit Games until we started doing like inverted handstand pushups twelve feet off the floor. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, the hill run was such a raw run um anyone that's been to the ranch you know if you've gone there for like a level one or a level two or you've just seen pictures or watched you know old videos of the stuff like it is a dirt track straight up and straight down and it's the up sucks because it's hard and steep but it's a race and it's a fast race i mean it's only 800 meters and we already know that 800 meters is like the absolute worst running distance of any time it's the hardest most painful and all that so here you are really exerting yourself on this race up up and then where are you going to if you're behind where are you going to make up all your time where are you going to make up that distance so you're behind somebody on the downhill and the classic man the classic view is josh everett <laughs> literally pinwheeling arms swinging in big circles like a cartoon oh character, my legs goodness. How he stayed up, I have no idea. Stayed and up. He is, well, How does ACL stay together? That was Miles. <laughs> the, like, please don't blow out your knee. Please pieces. don't blow out your knee. Please don't blow out your knee. <laughs> oh my gosh! But he somehow, somehow was able to pinwheel his feet to stay up and make himself down and around, kind of that little bend across the finish line. But it was, I mean, it was mayhem coming down, and it was just, it was such a cool setup. I really liked what it was. Like I. I wouldn't have done great in this event or anything like that. I'm I'm not, I'm an okay runner. I'm nothing crazy like this. It would have been fun, but I think that I would have been one of those guys that got caught kind of behind the group because it's not, okay. uh, it's not super wide. Um, the, 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 the course, the, the track, the trail that they're running up. So if you are behind, you're kind of, you're kind of stuck. And then on the way down, 
as it's coming around a bend, like it, it starts to narrow. And as it narrows and more people are doing this run, that ground gets softer and softer and dustier and dustier and slipperier and slipperier. And these guys and girls didn't matter. They were going for it. Like there was a million dollars on the <laughs> table to be won. But man, insane. Uh, it just sounds brutal. I mean, you think about what that does to your legs, just sprinting uphill for, we would say, close to 400 meters. Yeah. And it, we're talking uphill, like not a slight incline. I mean, yeah. Well, and that really comes into play like in the next year's games too, because you see people just bambiing up the hill oh, when they're yes. supposed to go up. So we'll we'll save that for we, next week. We of will course. get there. <laughs> um, okay, so short and sweet. Well, maybe not yeah. sweet, but definitely short. Um, so we look at it from just kind of the numbers, checking our boxes. Modality, it's just a monostructural. All right, it's running. Yeah. Another sub five minute, your times, let's see, Eric O'Connor, look at that, look at that young man, Eric O'Connor wins the hill run, Spieler just behind him, Breck Berry, oh, I made the games with that guy. Man, that's a a flashback right there, so crazy. On the women's side, Aquila Tillman, Tanya Wagner gets second. Tanya. Tanya Wagner gets second place on the hill run. And then Lisa soccer Bender, Teal. She's, she's a soccer background, so she's Man. got the run. She's got that. Yeah, it, but you know, when you think about an 800-meter hill, there's I'm good at running and I'm fast. But when you talk about this hill, there is a lot of fitness and want to that comes into play with that too. Oh, yeah, there's a lot. Right? It's heart. You got to have the heart because it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt bad. And tell you what, Tanya has that for sure. Yeah. All right. So time frame, we said sub five. Those are your times. You know, when you look at the hill run times and maybe everyone else's times, especially in like Fran, that three minute, three to four minute range. Again, we're, we're at that same, same yeah. time domain. Now it's a single modality. Task priority, task and time priority. The, those really, I mean, those are just kind of checking boxes. And it was running in terms of monostructural. So three events down. The nervous part for me when I'm starting to look at this is that the, at least the third model in terms of metabolic pathways, we're starting to see the same thing repeat itself. Oh, yeah. So when I want to see a more, um, balance test it doesn't all rely in that one factor which is why we have three different models to choose from and the three models don't dictate the programming it's just a way to look at the balance of it well and then it's like you're starting to you're starting to especially now as we end come into the last event of this competition is it just a race or is the winner supposed to be the quote unquote fittest person? Um, and you know, in, in the competition that, that is now we saw how, how dialed in that was on 2007. Mm-hmm. You're right. We're, we're three events in and 
how how the heck are you supposed to check the rest of the boxes to make sure that we're quote unquote finding the fittest? What we are finding now is that we're looking for the fastest person, and yeah, you know, there's there's an element of if I'm looking at this, what I'm thinking right now is okay. It's not looking at ten physical traits. We're not looking at the three different um, metabolic pathways. What we're looking at is intensity. Because it's who's able to do all of this work in a faster amount of time. So we're starting to gear towards that. And mm. maybe that's what the definition or maybe that's what the goal was when they when this was being designed. Because if that's the case, that's the way it's looking. And if it is the if that is the case, as we go into the final event, if you now have another event that is outside that five-ish minute range then all of a sudden that's going to completely skew your event because now that event is going to be worth more than the other ones mm-hmm. just based on the amount of time frame, the amount of time that you can one make up or two, you know, uh, uh, catch somebody or just the time you have on the floor, it's now going to be worth more than the, the, the other events, maybe worth as much as all three of them put together, depending on how long that event would be. And, and what, you're getting at is that the way you're you're talking weighted because you know it's like well you know someone might be asking it's like well why does a 15 minute event weigh more than the other three five minute ones it's because the way they set this event up in terms of the games in 2008 it was that you were scored based off your combined total time yeah and so you know, to Bill's point is that, you know, we, we were, we're three events in, everything's been under sub five, um, even sub three for the most part. And I think <clears throat> the way they had it scored dictated kind of the way they kind of went through the programming, especially as you look through the last three and we move into event four. Now I will say this in terms of um, an exciting finish and an exciting final, the way they set it up was really cool. Totally. And so the final yeah. event is squat, clean, grace. So grace is 30 clean and jerks for time. This one, the bar starts from the ground. You have to catch it in a full squat and then finish with the bar over your head. You could kind of, it was kind of any way you wanted to get there, right? If you yeah. want to thruster it, you could, if push jerk, split jerk, whatever it was. But you did have to squat. The weight was 155 and 100. And what they did was, since it was whoever had the fastest cumulative time was the winner of the games. Between all four of the events. Between all four. And what they did was, is that whoever was in first started at zero. And then the, however far back, second, third, fourth, all the way to 20th was on the time, that's when they started. Yeah. So essentially, in the final heat, whoever finished first won the CrossFit Games because of the time difference that they had started. And I thought it was so cool the way they did it. So as a fan, when you're watching it in, in excitement, I thought the final was really exciting. And that was really showcased in every second counts in that documentary. Oh yeah. Yeah. So when I I look at it like that, 
I thought that was really neat. And I just kind of wanted to put that out there in terms of what I, I enjoyed watching, which is obviously different than what we're doing here. We're just taking an objective view of the programming of itself. Yeah. And so when you look at the times, Jason Kalipa wins the final at two minutes and 46 seconds. Which is blazing which fast is just, across the field. And that's, and that's, it, that's stupid uh, fast now. Totally. But what's even cooler is like the best, one of the best parts of that movie of the every second counts movie is when he's back there on that heat with all of those top names. And, and Dave Cass was like, basically like, Hey kid, are you sure you belong back here? <laughs> yeah, he, he, <laughs> he thought he just know. got lost like, back there. What are you doing here, man? Like you're, you're not supposed to be here because if you look at the times that he had before that, I mean, if you just look at the place, he had an 11th place. He had a third place. He had a 32nd place on the run. And so it's like, hey, man, what are you doing here? And then he comes out and just smashes the field by over 30 seconds by another massively strong guy, Max Mormont. Mormont. I mean, just disgustingly strong. Oh, yeah. And Jason just goes out and just manhandles the bar. And that was that that became, you know, his his moniker is he it's not pretty what he does all the time. But that guy is all bear and all heart and just grips and rips. And if he ends up good on the other side, that's just how he works. Oh, man. That, yeah. That, I mean, that that was, you know, that put Kalipa on the map. Not, not just the fact that he won that event, but the games entirely. But just the way that guy would approach events was so fun to watch because you really didn't know it was going to happen. <laughs> He is so either going to go great, but it, or is he either going to go fantastically awful? Yeah, yeah. He's either he's either and not he doesn't uh, go about it the same way, but he he's very kind of uh, Brent Fakowski, where it's like he's either going to knock it out of the park or he's going to be way in the back. Mm-hmm. And this is this is early Brent Fakowski, like rookieish years of, of Brent. But it's like no one was even watching Jason. He was so far back on that group that went out there that no one even watched him. The only footage they got of him was I think from his, his dad was the only like footage that they had. Cause no one else was watching him. No. And, and then out of nowhere, like uh, Josh. And it's funny. Cause if you watch the movie, Josh Everett thinks he's winning. And then all of a sudden Dave Castle, like, yeah, Jason Kalipa is the CrossFit games champion. Everyone's like, wait, who, who that guy, <laughs> where was he crazy fast? So that was Jason on the men's side. On the women's side, Katie Hedegar, <clears throat> or uh, Matter at the time, but Katie Hedegar wins Squat Clean Grace at a time of 3.30, which is still crazy fast. Yes. Oh, and the next closest was 45 seconds behind her. That was Tamara Holmes. And then Tanya Wagner was third, 35 seconds behind, or not 35, sorry, 25 seconds back from second place. So... Katie absolutely destroyed yeah. that event. And so Squat Clean Grace, you know, if we, let's get past how much fun we had watching that and, and how and the spectacle that it was and the timing of how they put it on. Like, that was really fun and that was cool. Um, but when we look at from a numbers and sense perspective is that you have another single modality. So we had two couplets and two single modalities. This one's straight weightlifting. I'll say it's a moderate weight. 
Yeah, well, I think uh, at the I time think it was kind of heavy. I think for back then it was heavy. It, it was heavy for back then. If you were to equate that now, you'd probably be looking at like at least on the guy's side. Well, no, you'd probably be looking at like one eighty five, one twenty five. Ugh. I wouldn't necessarily say 225, maybe 205 on the guy's side. No, then, no way. Yeah, Please don't tell I, me I, they're that good now. Games. <laughs> games athletes, my friend. Games well, athletes, my What friend. we did say early on is that we want to make sure as we look at every year through the eyes of that year. You know, so we want to analyze. So we'll, Okay, so for 30 reps, squat clean, that was a fairly heavy weight for that rep scheme. Yeah. Time-wise sub five minutes for the fourth event in a row yeah um total repetitions 30 so under 50 for the third out of four events single modality task priority um now we had squat clean so we'll say clean and then we'll say i mean it was really shoulder overhead but even so now the one thing i'll say is that when we're looking at it, you, you, you take the clean. It's like, well, that's a deadlift and a front squat, which we've already done. And then that shouldered overhead, which we've already done with the thruster. thruster. So yeah. though we have three different movements, they're all essentially in the same grouping, especially how they use them um, at the game. So... Looking at it now that it's all on paper, the modalities in terms of model three, which is the metabolic pathways, are all the same. Yep, not tested. All right. So we we didn't go max lift heavy or or some type of sub 10 second sprint. We didn't go super long, right? We had in 2007, we had cross it total strength isolated you know, maxes. We had a four or five K trail run and we hit those modalities in terms of short, medium, and long. And that's oversimplifying the metabolic pathways, but for simplicity's sake, that's kind of what they're centered around. Um, hopper model, <clears throat> you know, whatever. And, and I said before is like the events themselves become the hopper, right? It's like anything and everything comes out the fittest across the board who performs the best across all tests. That's, that's really your hopper model. It doesn't mean every event has to come out of a metal cauldron. And, 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 metal. Yeah. We yeah. don't, you want it too random, right? If it becomes too random, the test doesn't necessarily mean it's a, a good test. And then we look at um, those 10 general physical skills. Now we'll list them. It's cardiovascular endurance, strength, speed, power, flexibility, Accuracy, agility, balance, stamina, and coordination. Now, when I look at these three events, I see strength, I see speed, I see power. You might say stamina in terms of doing four events in two days. That's pushing it, honestly. <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, but I, I think it's I, other it. than that, I don't. I don't see a high demand where like flexibility comes into play and like, don't tell me about your hamstrings with the uh, deadlifts <laughs> and your range of motion on a chest. But like, don't try to get cute accuracy, not really in play. I mean, maybe not falling flat on your face coordination and balance comes into play on the trail run. I mean, we put that on the 5k. So, but 
the heavy en- emphasis on being successful in there, we, we don't hit all the markers. We might touch some, but we want to make sure that we hit them. And it, obviously it's hard to do in four events, but you know, when well, we look not, at it, but see, not necessarily because we, they already did it in three events. They've already, yeah, true. they can do it. And, and they events. hit them pretty so, hard. Absolutely. I mean, they nailed it. It was spot on. There was no question about what each of those events were supposed to be, what gap or what area they were going to be going to. Whereas this one now, and, and it, it's, it's crazy because coach Glassman, you, you, if you watch the old videos, he makes statements in this year saying the athletes that win here are the are the fittest athletes in the world. Now, granted, as we know of fitness, if even if it's all fast events, like if we were to put, you know, Matt Fraser in these events, he's going to do spectacular at all these events. If we put yes. Tia in there, he's going to do spectacular on every, sing, on every single one of these events. But if you are looking to test the fittest, to test for the fittest, then all of a sudden now we are not testing the fittest. We may be testing, and I, this is what we were talking about, is we're testing who, who has the greatest uh, intensity which is work over time. Who can do the most work in the least amount of time? All the work is the same, the amount of weight, the amount of reps um, that have to be done, who gets to, who can do it faster. Mm-hmm. So now it's not that the, the, the results of this test to the 2008 games didn't find the fittest by our definition. What it did find was a person who was able to win this particular race mm-hmm. and the race is those four stations. If you want to look at it that way, those four stations and how you finished in that. So I, I that's where I go back to the other, the other statement that I was saying that if, if we did throw a long one in here, then right. this entire okay. test yes, would, that be, makes... would be blown from that. Right. Like you can't do it. You can't do it. So the the way that they scored this event, which was total cumulative time over four different tests, if they threw, like you said, if they threw, say, just throw the um throw the trail run in there. Not, the not the trail run, trail throw run. the uh the two thousand seven hopper workout in there. All right. All right. That was a 10 to 15 minute bout. Well, when Jessica Lipa's total cumulative time over four events is 1317. And you throw in one event that has the same amount of time allotted to it. That skews the whole test. So I think their programming was, I would say, limited by the way they were scoring the test. Absolutely. I mean, I don't, I don't know if that was, and again, we have to look Maybe, back to, yeah, I don't know if what, that's what, what it was, they, what but that's they, what it looks like. What's the goal. And if the goal was, we want to have an exciting race to the finish. Okay. Well, they did that. If the goal is we're trying to, again, this year, find the fittest person, quote unquote, air quotes on earth that are here at this competition, the 120 guys and 36 women, um, they didn't find the fittest based on the definition. They found who could win the race, who could do the most work in the shortest amount of time. Um, but you're right. If they would have put in anything else for to like, it, it, let's say they were designing all this and then all of a sudden they go, Oh, well, you know what? We need to have a, 
whatever, a CrossFit total, a max lift, mm. a long run, a hopper event, then they now have to completely change the scoring that they, that they had the, the way that they scored it. And that's where I like, that's where if you, and this is a kind of like your thing, I, I was never really, I'm not a fan of the scoring tables. I, I don't like when, uh, you know, you, it pays to be a winner. So you get extra points if you win more do you mean, if you're at first place. Like sorry, do you mean scale. like points per place finishing tables? Yeah, I, I, okay. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not really a fan of that. But I mean, if you look at, so this this setup is all based on the scoring the scoring system that they put to it. Mm-hmm. They could not have had it any other way. They couldn't have tested it. They couldn't have done the test any other way without, or it, it, with the time frame in there, they couldn't have had any other test. Right. They could only test the intensity. They can only test the race. That's the only thing they can do. And Both go to, yes. And to your said is like intensity is the key word that you said. Because when you look at this, it's like, look, who won? The guy that did the same amount of work that everybody else did faster. Fastest, yep. Right? Now, that isn't the definition of fitness. That's the definition of intensity. Yeah. Right? Or at least power output. Yeah. Right? Or work done. Right? So that they did accomplish if that was the scope of, or at least the goal of the test. Hey, who most, out here can do... Most competitions are a race. And this was set up to be a race. You had four different pieces, mm-hmm. but it was a race from start to finish. Who got there first? Period. So when we look and at it, what... after four events, Jason Kalipa wins the 2008 CrossFit Games. His total time was 13 minutes, 17 seconds. Josh Everett gets second at 14.25, so a minute, eight seconds behind Jason. Jeremy Teal gets third at 14.48, so 23 seconds behind Josh Everett. On the women's side, Katie Henniger, Katie Matter at the time, Wins the CrossFit Games at a time of 19.10. Tanya Wagner is only 10 seconds behind her. She gets second. And then Jillian Mouncey gets third at 19.48. So based off how this test was scored, how it all centered around intensity, four races to see who the fastest you know, and maybe that's maybe that right there was maybe that right there is the phrase that should have been used this year. Who is the fastest? Not who's the fittest. Who is the fastest? Because that's really yeah. what it comes down to. It you is. Know? It's, I mean, it's a hard semantics to kind of get around because, I mean, you can't win by not being a fit person, right? right. Clearly, you are one of the, if not the, fittest person there because you are faster in total at all these now. The problem is, is like different events, right? It'd be different if every single event was the exact same speed, right? We had a lot of different variables in there, right? Fran was three to five minutes. The deadlift one was 
three to five on the men's men's side or sub three, right? The time domains weren't exact, right? They weren't all three minute workouts. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So it's hard to say that you were the fastest because the, it'd be like saying there was, you tested four athletes in track in the 100, 200, 400, and 800. And he said the person with the total or the fastest time was the fastest person in the world. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's like, well, no, it's like Usain Bolt's the fastest man in the world. But he doesn't want to run the 800. Right. But your time frames are all within two minutes of each other. Yeah. But the workouts themselves were drastically different. Even though they're all in the same time frame. So what I'm saying is like a 10 second difference is almost next to nothing. When you look at the variables that are in play there. So. So change them. Yeah. So for fun. You have to do to see. Yeah. So for fun. We got to do that because, you know, total time is a weird way to score it and to look at it um, in terms of if kind of what it all means. So Chad Schroeder, Mr. Statman, Super Statman, the most successful man to wear Vibrams I've ever seen in my life, (laughs) made us this this fantastic, oh gosh, sexy brown suede shoes. And he rocks them, man. There's nobody that can rock that. Other than Chad, I, I've never said anything to him just behind his back on this podcast. That's all I said. <laughs> <laughs> and he gave us all these great stats. And what we, you know, I think what you like, if I'm, I'm not to speak for you, but you know, you say you don't like the tables and the weird scores. You just want to see who the best person is. Yeah. And I feel like the most objective yeah. way to do that is to look at average finishing place. You got first, yeah. second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, you know, all the way. Like, what was your average like, finishing exactly. place? Because that's what they do in sports. And and everything. And then all your places are weighted. Like, they're weighted correctly and equally. Right. You're not, and that's what I'm saying. The times mess things up. You're winning or less points because you're losing. Your your place is your place and your 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 amount is your amount. I, I like that. And so what Chad did is he he put those in. So Jace Kalipa, he got one event win. <clears throat> As we said, he already won based off time. Now, when we look at average event place finishing, his average finish was 11.75. Josh Everett's average place finish was 9.75. That's two placings better. I kind of hope he's not listening right now. Because... <laughs> You're an athlete like me. If you were to find out, and you probably already figured this out, but if you were to find out that you should have been the champ, oh, it's going to be a tough one. And like I said, we're not taking away from anybody in 2008. We're just giving you the numbers. (laughs) But two place finishes better was Josh Everett than Jace Kalipa. Third place changes from Jeremy Teal to Pat Barber. His average finish place was 12.25. And then Spieler rounds out fourth, 13.5. And then Jeremy Teal in fifth at 13.75. But look at Chris Spieler. He was 10th. Yeah, he got 10th based off the time frame. He jumped from 10th to 5th. That's huge. And he got an event win as well. Yeah. So those are your top five based off average place finishing. Which is, I mean, 
I feel like it's a very good way to look at this objectively. You know, where did you finish on the leaderboard? Now let's go to the women's side. Uh, Katie Henniger is your winner. Her average finishing place was 4.5. Second place was Tanya Wagner, but her average finishing place was 3.5. So Tanya has a whole finishing place better. And when you look at, shoot, when you go down the seven, I'll tell you this, Katie and Tanya whooped everyone's ass that year. Third place wasn't even close. I mean, so you got Tanya at 3.5, 3.5. Look at Tanya's finishing places. Tanya went fourth, fifth, second, and third. Boom. And loses the games. Yeah. By 10 seconds. But Katie, eighth, second, seventh, first. And then everyone else is just drowning in their wakes because it was it was a katie and tanya show that year wow but look but you have to look in the last the last event that squat grace Mm -hmm. katie got to start first everyone else came after that katie gets 330 tanya's in third and 440 so that's a minute was that a minute and 10 seconds well we had to see who was starting first because i don't think it was katie uh you know what i'm saying Oh, yeah, you're right. Right. But still, that was. So she ran everybody down just like Jason Kalipa did. But to your point is that, okay, so, okay, so Tanya has a higher average finishing place at 3.5, Katie Henniger at 4.5. That's a one place difference, which is a lot. Yeah. And then Jillian Mouncey, no change. She's still in third. Jolie Gentry moves up to fourth. That was your 2007 Cross the Games champ. And Libby DiBiase sits in your top five. Jillian, uh, 7.75. That's the next closest person between Katie and Tanya. Over three places. That's how much they kicked ass that year. Crazy. So those, I think those are your favorite numbers to look at. Those are my my favorite, yeah. And just to kind of put two more views out there, right? Yeah. So you looked at the top five and you use the scoring from the previous year. Well, okay, so is that right? Again, if yeah, if we used any of the other scales other than the the time frame, then you could put in all those other events however you want it, and it would be scored a little bit more appropriately. So I was since every year for the most part they've had some sort of a sliding scale. I was thinking with my 2008 glasses on, let's pick the one that we just did, which was the 2007. So if I look at the men's side and i'm looking at jason josh everett uh jeremy teal and pat barry and even put uh chris spieler in there just because i think he's such an interesting character to look at in these early games if i look at the numbers jason kalipa would end up with 337 points josh everett would have 345 points jeremy teal would be 329 Pat Barber would be 334. Chris Spieler would be 330. So your winner on the men's side, if we did the 2007 sliding scale, would be uh, Josh Everett. Okay. Second would be Jason Kalipa. Pat Barber would be third. Spieler would be fourth. Okay. Jeremy Teal would be, would be fifth. He'd be fifth? Yeah. Huh. 
So Josh, Josh Everett would be your champ over Kalipa again, which is crazy because now that's two two scoring systems where Josh would have won over Jason, just based again, just based on a difference on a different system. Right. That's why. That's why I have a. Uh, that's where me but that personally, reflects I get your, closer to your average finish place one. Totally. Totally. I agree. I agree. I, I just, I hate when you lose based on points or, or like set up, like that's, that's a why numerical like value that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. If you win, you should win. You know, um, if you look on the women's side, so I did the same thing with them. Um, Katie would have had 366 points. Tanya would have had, uh, 362 and, um, Jillian would have had 345 points. So on that one, Katie would have continued to win because of the first and the second on the sliding scale. Oh, that's right. Because it dropped to single points after third. And and again, it was five before your first three. Yep. And so you get the extra points if you win. And she had a first and second. Those are going to be those extra points. Tanya didn't get those because she had a second and a third. How much did Katie win by? In, in that system? Four points. Four points. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So um, so you used 2007, which was the only year that they had already done previously and the only system that was in place that you could say, why didn't they just repeat that? Yeah. Why do they go to this every second counts idea? So what I did is I, I flipped completely the other direction. <laughs> and I use the most you recent. Have to be the opposite I know, you, right? Always. Why would we ever do that for a podcast? <laughs> so I use the most recent scoring system in 2019. Now, the reason I did is that because we had 119 men in the field. So I wanted the scoring system to reflect the number of athletes that they had. Oh, okay. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you picked that first, the one. So I picked, yeah, I picked setup. the 150-athlete setup that they had at the games for the first cut. Okay. Now, on the women's side, since there's only 36, I used the top 41. Okay. So I, I fit the, the scoring system to the field that was in play. Okay. So for the men, in first place, I have Josh Everett. At 330 points. In second, I actually have Chris Spieler at 325. Really? Yes. And third, I have Jason Kalipa at 319. Wow. That's a huge difference. Fourth place is Pat Barber. Fifth place was a tie between Ricky Fraustro and Jeremy Teal, but he got the tiebreaker. Ricky got the tiebreaker. So using the scoring system for the 100-plus athletes that they just did at the games, I have Josh Everett at 330, Chris Spieler, who got 10th based off this every-second-count scoring system, gets second at the games, five points behind Josh Everett, and Jace Kalipa gets third. Wow. All right, so on the women's side, I use the top 40 sliding scale because we had 36 women in the field. Tanya Wagner with 370 gets first in this scoring system. 
Okay. Katie gets second at 358. So 12 points back. Oh, wow. That's a big difference. And then Jillian Mouncey gets third yet again. So she got third in the every second counts structure. Yeah. She got third in our event of average event finish structure. And she got third again in this scoring structure. Fourth place, Jolie Gentry. Fifth place, Libby DiBiase, who is wow. sixth um, in that system. So that's crazy. Yeah. And, and so that's just three, what is that? Four, four different ways to look at it. I mean, take that for what you guys want to in terms of conversation. We're just providing the information as it unfolds in front of us. But more often than not, we actually had a switch of the top two, except for your 2007 one actually still had Katie in first and Tanya in second. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Close. Huh. Yeah. But I would I would say, man. That well, is and again, like that that's all that's all that's all numbers and yeah, it's numbers and sense. It's not it, our it, opinion it, one or the other, but you know. No, well, I, you know, my, my my personal opinion is it was a great competition. It was mm-hmm. a great race. It was extremely exciting. The events were fast and furious and awesome to watch if you haven't seen any footage of that one of my favorite videos seriously is uh look on youtube crossfit uh 2008 games highlights by von ware at w-a-r-e uh the 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 music is by uh pod from like back in the the early 2000s so like that that man that's throwing it back (laughs) that's such a crossfit youtube video soundtrack it's it's that you know and like throw some affliction stuff on there and you know slap a slap a thing of you know panda express on the on the (laughs) on your little table here like it's really good but that was the event itself was incredible it was a lot of high energy it was very fun to watch but I don't think it found the fittest. I don't think it found the fittest in the field. I think that what it did was it had a very, very amazing race. Uh, it showed who had, you know, based on the definition of what was going on, mm-hmm. who was able to do the most work in the shortest amount of time. That was the race. Yeah. Um, so I don't think that it compares to the definition of fitness like we looked at it in the first one. But again, this is the first year you, you know, when me and you have talked about these kind of things. If you compared us, I mean, we've only been around what thirteen years now. Yes, thirteen years. So we at, at this point, infants, we're babies just trying to figure this stuff out. We're still and, babies trying to figure. Yeah. You're talking about thirteen years of a brand new sport. The NFL just yeah. celebrated a hundred year anniversary. College football, a hundred and fifty, a hundred and fifty to a hundred years. And we're in year 13 thinking we have it all figured out. And then now to look back to 2008 in our second year ever, right? Yeah. We're, it, when you take it in terms of football, we're still people, we're still guys running around with leather 
helmets on with no face mask and no mouthpiece. Like, man, it, it, this year there was no, there was not even a leather head, head helmet. We were just like <laughs> headbutting each other is all it was. Oh, <laughs> just a bunch of Neanderthals with like clubs and rocks trying to figure out what we're doing down. out there. It's going to beat you down with this wood stick. It, so I, I think it's fair to take an objective view and say that this was not a complete test to find the fittest on earth. I agree. Yeah. Great. It was a great fun event. Yes. And you, you got your champions, you had your great race, but it was not, it was not holding to what CrossFit wants to do, which is to find the fittest on the fittest on earth. It didn't, it didn't do that. Which I mean, you, you could say is that, you know, the 2007, we thought it was a very successful campaign. 2008 left things off the table that should have been on. But as anything goes, it's like, you know, you're not going to judge the validity, the validity of the test based off one year, right? There's going to be good years, down years, okay years and great years, but it's these stepping stones that are going to build on to the next, you know, next year and multiple years after that. So, you know, we think that though the test was incomplete, like you said, it was very exciting. It was a great year. It was a kick-ass time, you know, and one of the more exciting finales you could kind of design, but that every second count um, parameter really limited the fullness or the, the, the full balance of things that you need when testing the fittest on earth. Right. And I think that one thing that we got to remember is, in, is from our perspective, you and me, like we've been programming a really long time and there have been workouts that we put together or programs that we put together that absolutely kicked ass. And then all of a sudden you put something else together and you stand back and you look at it and you go, Oh, <laughs> really didn't do what I wanted it to do. Yes. And so all you do is you learn from that. I mean, and, but this is, you know, not that the events were bad. I, I think the events themselves individually were programmed great. Mm-hmm. But as far as the overall program for what was supposed to be happening, it didn't happen. Even though I think that the way that they did it was the only way they could put it together that way. You had to have the modalities be the, the, uh, the timeframes be within the same Otherwise, it would skew the test. Right. And if the test is the race, it, 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 it's you have to have them basically be without it being AMRAPs. You have to basically be, OK, well, now we're going to put our we're going to put our uh, our fastest people out mm-hmm. there and get their fastest times. Um, so I think, honestly, it, well, the way I look at it is, no, it didn't find the fittest, but it was it was a just like the first year. I think the first year was was so spot on because it was so simple to do and it really it wasn't set up to be overly competitive at that point it was we have to hold to the definition and so now here we go into as we build into these games how do we turn this into a sport how do we actually get the competitive side of fitness because we are you know as old affiliate owners as you and and me are now there's a difference between the fitness program of crossfit and the sport Right. CrossFit. And these early years are what designed the sport of fitness. And so there are going to be fumbles. And I don't see it as a fumble. I just see it as it didn't work for what it's supposed to be doing. Right. Um, as in the big picture. But man, a super cool year. Super cool year. You gotta watch those old videos. It's all <laughs> the entire thing is done in dirt, basically, except for the burpees. But everything else is done in the dirt. <laughs> yeah, it was, it, it, you know, nostalgia is there for us. And to kind of see that as, you know, these first two, three years really was, uh, the, 
birth of what we we see now, right? They they laid the foundation here is that you know, it wasn't always perfect. They were learning as they went. This was the 2008 games is how we see it in terms of the programming side. Um, but at the same time, you know, they accomplished what they set out to accomplish based off the way they fit the test together. But I think totally. we did. Yeah. It is fair to say is that, you know, this is one of the rare times where the way they set the test up in terms of how they were going to see who won dictated the programming. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, in the, when you, when you stand back and look at it compared to all the other years, uh, it's definitely way different than a lot of the other ones that are out there. But as we get into some of these other years, we're going to see that there, there are bits and bobbles. And I don't mean like, I don't necessarily mean mistakes, but tweaks of trying to make sure you still find mm-hmm. does the test still get the right people up to the top and 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 all those kind of things. I mean, even if you look back to the to the year that we just had with the cuts, right? I mean, that's very that that is as uh, divisive and 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 a, 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 a I mean, you can have people talking about that for you can have people talking well, about that for are. a long time, yeah. Just like you have people talking about the time frame of this one. Yep. So, I mean, it, I think, I think it's cool to have those in there. It definitely gives a cool perspective. Um, and then the big picture, I think it adds a lot because we, as a sport learned a lot from this particular year to move forward. And that's why we had changes going into the next year. And maybe that is the best thing to come out of the 2008 CrossFit games on the programming side is that the, the best thing you can do is, is learn from the past. And totally, I believe they did. We'll see how much they did in our next episode for 2009 as, and at the same time, we would like to announce that we will be having a a additional special guest for that 2009 episode coming up. And that would be the 2009 CrossFit Games champion, Tanya Wagner. Oh man, it's going to be good. She's going to be talking a mile a minute too. It's going to be awesome. I got I got to extra caffeinate for her to come on so that I can compete. Oh so my goodness! That's what we do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, me and Bill have been working with Tanya since 2012. She is a, a, a fireball, a, a fireball, a great analyst as she is a human being. So it's going to be awesome to have her on to give her perspective on the program as well as her perspective of actually competing at the games and winning. But that is episode two. Analyzing the 2008 CrossFit Games. Thank you all for listening. Again, if you guys have questions, send it to our Facebook page or Instagram. Get with the programming. Me and Bill will bring that up into the next episode. But for now, Bill, thank you very much. Yeah, buddy. And we'll see you guys in the next episode.